You are now listening to These Nuts. <laughs> nah, just playing. You, you are now listening to the Bullpen Podcast Exclusive. It's exclusive. With me, the Crypto Bullpen. Hey, what's up, everybody? On this super exclusive episode of the Bullpen Podcast, listen to me, the Crypto Bully, and Nick, aka Geo Code, talk about his 51% attack on Bitcoin Private. Let's do it. Oh, wait. One more thing before we get to the podcast. In this podcast, the Crypto Bully, any co host and his guests do not give financial or investment advice and encourage you to do your own research on all topics mentioned. Do not invest into this market what you can't afford to lose. I bet I know what you're thinking. Is this really Morgan Freeman? Well, unfortunately not. But Lyndon thought it would be a good idea to use such a soothing voice for the legal mumbo-jumbo to smooth things over. Now, let's do it. Now entering the Bitcoin Podcast Network. Play ball! the bullpen podcast number nine the crypto bully wow (laughs) he makes it look so easy and that ball has left the stadium hey what's up everybody i want to welcome everybody to episode 8.5 the bullpen podcast powered by ECC. Now, this right here is actually an exclusive episode. Um, this this was unknown. There was no announcement of this. I didn't tell anybody, but I had to get this gentleman on the show. Um, as everybody knows, right? I like to talk to interesting and influential people in the cryptocurrency and blockchain space, and this guy is definitely no exception to that rule. Um, Really cool guy. Literally just reached out to him via Twitter. He responded almost instantly, and um, I'm really excited to, to talk to him. This guy, he goes by the name of Nick, a.k.a. Geo Code, and he is the individual that basically implemented the 51% attack on Bitcoin Private. So, without further ado, Nick, I'll go ahead and let you introduce yourself, man. How you doing? All right. Yeah, I'm Nick. I, uh, I did that well. So, so brief caveat, almost, almost the 51% attack, uh, finishing up, it up next weekend. So like I, I got to the point where I, I had 51% of the network hash rate more than that, but I didn't take my blockchain live because I, I kept getting banned from streams and I, I wanted to wait till I was actually live, but I'm doing it, uh, again next weekend, but basically did the 51% attack all but like actually hitting the button to, to take the blockchain live. Nice, man. That's that's super awesome, dude. That's that's amazing. And the reason why I love this, so when I seen it, I saw it right in the article on Bitcoin.com and I saw it before you actually did it. And I was just like, I was like, wait, what is this? What is this guy doing? Then I was like, oh, the shit. And when I really started reading, I was like, yo, this is cool. Because this is something, right, that I've always had in my mind that I've always thought about. And I was like, okay, when it comes to, to you know, these, these coins, these, these tokens and things like that. 
you know, when it comes to the whole 51% attack, right? Because the general argument is that that's not possible. You know, nothing could ever be hacked. It, it can't be taken, you know, hash rate can't be taken over and, and whole chains taken over and things like that. So when I saw that article that you were going to basically be ethically doing that, that really excited me. I'm like, man, this is going to be a really cool in the moment live stream, you know, use case on, okay, how possible is this really? And is this real? Uh, man, what is, what is it that made you even want to do this? Yeah, so it was actually sort of like that that same concept that you were just talking about a second ago. Of, like, I don't know. It just sort of made me upset. I'd always see people on the internet talking about it. They'd be like, oh, that's not possible. You can't do that. And I'd be like, well, you, you can. Because, um, so I had done some on, like, test nets before, like, like a couple years ago. And so whenever I'd see people talk about it, I'd be like, well, you, you can do it. Um, it's definitely possible. And so I wanted to make a website that would show people like, okay, well, this is how much you'd have to spend. You can rent it on NiceHash. And then actually someone basically made that website, Crypto51.app. So I had had that idea like maybe a year before someone made that. And then when I talked about it, I was like, oh, I should have done that. I got attention. And you'll talk about it all the time. So I was like, oh, I, I could have had some impact. But um, so this was sort of the next thing. Um, and yeah, no, it's, and even in researching for this, some of the coins that I was thinking about attacking, I think it was like flooring. No, 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 no. I think it actually might have been Bitcoin private. I, I tried to find the thread for the stream, but I couldn't. There was one where I think it was one of the developers was talking about it. They were like, no, you couldn't 51% attack us because we use equal hash. So that would be hard than that as well. Actually. <laughs> and, um, although I, I, I don't want to throw them under the bus. I'm not entirely sure. It was uh, Bitcoin private, but, but one of the coins that I definitely could have attacked. Um, one of the developers was like, nah, it would never happen. And uh, I think that that sort of thinking actually comes from like uh, a long time ago when in order to mine it, you actually had to own a bunch of GPUs because right. you couldn't go and like rent hashing. And so like back then, like it, it wouldn't even be feasible for me to, or for really anyone, I guess for, for most people without a ton of money to attack something like Bitcoin private, just because you need a bunch of GPUs. And the one-time cost of buying that is just so great that the economics of it don't work out. But like now that there's things like nice hash, or you can just like rent someone's mining rig for a day, you know, it, it sort of flips out on its head, and it, it definitely becomes possible. Yeah, 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 and that's and that's true, man. And I, I went on, went to that website, right, the Crypto Fifty One, and I was looking at some of these, and you know, they have it broken down by coin, civil, market cap, algorithm, hash rate, and then the cost of a uh, one hour attack. And I was looking at some of these, and I was just kind of like, uh. This is this is like really cheap actually. It's not it's not as expensive. Obviously, Bitcoin being the most expensive, they have it sitting around almost five hundred thousand dollars. But I mean, you have coins like Einsteinium. It's eighteen dollars yeah. for an hour. And so, know? so one thing that I want to uh, talk about here because I think a lot of people seem to miss this point. So Einsteinium, I, I I just like made a Reddit thread and I was like, oh, I could attack some coins. Well, I, I originally asked like, would anyone watch if I attack like the test net? And people were like, we well, should actually attack a coin. And I was like. Oh, that actually be way cooler so i took that idea ran with it and then i just left the comment i was like oh einsteinium was really cheap uh, but then like two hours later i see uh that einsteinium uses this thing called the komodo platform and what they do is they they checkpoint every so often so they say okay these are the last x many blocks um here's a hash of all of them and uh, okay so komodo is very complex and i've only skimmed their white paper so i may not be doing them justice but okay uh, <laughs> So um, I'm sure smarter people will know much more about it. But um, you hash all the blocks and you say, okay, well, this is what all the blocks up to this point should hash to. Then they store that on the Bitcoin uh, blockchain. So then 
they check it every so often. Like anytime someone poses a new blockchain, they say, okay, well, does it work with all these checkpoints? And if it doesn't, then they're like, no, we're not, we're not taking your blockchain, you know, leave. Um, and so uh, I found out that they use that. So I was like, well, that would actually still be interesting because then I can attack a couple coins. Because by that point, I had like some donations. Um, shout out to Um I had some donations, and then uh, I was like, well, I could attack a couple coins. So my plan. Um, didn't go so well, was to attack Bitcoin private and then say, like, okay, well, this is a coin that doesn't have any sort of mitigations, then attack Einstein and say, like, hey, here's one where they try to fix the issue. This is what happens. And um, someone actually brought up an interesting point, which is that there might be a lot of old nodes for Einstein that don't have that, so they would accept the blockchain, and it would, like, make a, a fork of Einstein. Um, so that would be curious. That would be interesting, right? All right, so hold on. So while, while you're talking, right? I'm listening to you talk. I'm obviously understanding everything that you're saying, right? I know exactly where you're coming from. There may be some listeners on here, right? They don't necessarily know. They're like, yeah. they're like, what's hash? Hash what? Yeah, so like, <laughs> you want me to explain this 51% attacks? Like yeah, if you could break it down okay. just yeah. a little bit, yeah. yeah. Yeah, okay. So in Bitcoin, uh, mostly every coin uses something called proof of work. So if you, you know, people who like mine Bitcoin, they uh they get a bunch of math to do. So basically, uh, I I feel weird explaining how Bitcoin works on the internet because I oh, know there's no, some people who know so much more. But um, <laughs> so any part of this might be a tad off. But but uh, I believe I am correct broadly speaking. So it gets the math and it's like okay, uh, find a number in this range. This is the hash, and a hash is like a one way function. So if you put like the, the word apple into a hash, it'll give you like a, a long string of of characters. And there's no way that you can tell that that uh, corresponds with Apple unless you put Apple into that same hashing function and see it equals that. So they give you a hash and a, a, a range. And they say, okay, find the number in this range that, uh, that hashes to this. And then once you find it, you tell everyone about it and you've, you've mined a new block. So that's how Bitcoin mining works. Um, and then they use that to determine um, kind of so, like sort of the direction of the blockchain. So... You, you also take all the transactions, you say, okay, here are all the transactions in the blockchain, blah, blah, blah. Um, you know, tack this onto the blockchain, everyone remember this, I solved the puzzle, you can all see it. So, then you can sort of, um, you can sort of abuse that a bit. If you m have more than half of the network hashing power, which would mean you can reliably be the first person to mine a block consistently uh, over time. So, if that's the case, Oh, yeah, you can say something. Yeah, no, no, no. So I was curious. So, so like you talk about right having more than half of that particular um that particular coin's hash hash power hash rate. Um, how would you go about obtaining that? Like, how 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 did you actually implement that when yeah. you were doing the Bitcoin so, private? So for me, I use the site uh, Nice Hash, and they just let you rent it. So there's a bunch of people there who just point their mining rigs at Nice Hash, and then they say, okay, like mine here, and then people pay to use them, and usually they'll pay a bit more then that person would make mine any other coin because, you know, they just want hashing power for whatever reason. Um, they pay, like, a slight premium over what it would usually cost, but, but not a lot. Uh, it's still fairly cheap. And then uh, you, you just say, okay, mine to this pool, and then, you know, with this username, this password, and then it goes, and it mines there for you. Um, and so so that's that's how I did So you get half the, half the hashing power. And then, or sorry, uh, a bit more than half the hashing power. And then you're able to uh, reliably mine blocks faster than everyone else because, um, you know, you have more than half the hashing power. So with that, 
you can reliably have the next block. And so you can sort of say, okay, this is my blockchain. You all have to accept it. Uh, and if there's a conflicting transaction on your blockchain, it will say, okay, well, we have this other blockchain that has this transaction, or we have this new blockchain. And it'll go with the one with the higher block height. So the one with the more blocks. Uh, with more blocks. And, and that'll be yours because you just mined uh, a new block. So then the network will see that. It'll say, okay, cool. So how that manifests in my attack is what I do is I have, I basically go offline. So I have no peers connected to my wallet. So no one knows what that wallet's doing. Then okay. I have an, so actually I should, I should give more context. There's two servers. One of them is online. It's just a normal Bitcoin wallet. It's just like anyone else's. The other one, and this is the one that's actually doing the attack, it sits offline and it has no connection to the rest of the network. And then it mines a bunch of blocks. So no one knows about these blocks it's mining, but it's mining them faster than everyone else because it has more hash power. And so either it's mining them faster than everyone else or it has a higher difficulty than everyone else. Either, either one. So it uh, usually both. So then you have a longer blockchain because you're mining offline with more hash power. So what you do is you send a transaction. Say, say uh, you have wallet A and wallet A is on both servers. So the one that's online and the one that's offline. You send money from wallet A to, so you have another wallet, wallet B, and that's just a wallet you control. You send that money to wallet B on your offline blockchain, but no one knows about that transaction. So you can still send money uh, from wallet A on your online wallet. So then from there, you send money from the same wallet, wallet A, uh, and this is what an attacker would do. This isn't what I was doing. You would send that money to an exchange. So say like like Bitrix or something. Then you take that money, you exchange it, you get Bitcoin for your Einsteinium or Actually, not Einstein. Uh, for your whatever coin, uh, whatever coin you want, then you uh, you know you exchange it for Bitcoin. Uh, you withdraw it, and then you have your money out of the exchange. It's out of that coin. No one can really undo any of that. Then you have your your other transaction on your private blockchain, and that conflicts with it. So then you uh, once you have a longer blockchain offline, you go online and you add some peers, and then your your, uh, that server will start telling people like, hey, I have this blockchain. It's longer than everyone else's. Check it out. Uh, and then uh, they'll see that and they'll say, oh, uh, all right, we'll accept it. And then there's a, a, a conflicting transaction. So how that's settled is they just go with the one on the with the version of the blockchain that's, that's longer. So that'll be my blockchain that I just mined that's longer. And then it undoes the transaction. The money goes from, uh, instead of the money being in the exchanges wallet that we just sent it to, it goes to uh, what did I say? Wallet B that uh, that you control, and uh, and yeah. Wow! So essentially, that's how you create the whole double spending scenario, mm -hmm. I guess, correct? Because basically, okay. you're using that online wallet to create the the false transactions, and then basically, since you have that that 51 percent attack happening on the offline wallet, basically, when you go when when you basically make that live, everybody's gonna pick the longer blockchain. Mm -hmm. Ah, that, that that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, so, and so then that sort of overwrites the transaction to the 
Yeah. Wow. Now this is see, and and this is I'm really glad you did this, and I'm really glad you, we're having this conversation because this is the type of stuff that I love to see people get into when people do because this is stuff that I really believe can help further the space at a rate yeah. that may not have necessarily happened if you would have never did this right because like you said, there's this kind of a, a stigma when people talk about 51 percent of tax, and the idea is that when you say that to most people, they're like, no, that's impossible. It can happen. Yeah, yeah. Well, of, yeah. Yeah, yeah. A lot of people will sort of see it as like fear, uncertainty, and doubt. Like, but I kind of I kind of dislike that concept though, because it sort of easily gives people kind of a crutch from which because a lot of people like in the crypto space they believe in it. And that's right. You know, that's not bad. Like like if it's a technology you believe in, you should believe in it. But I feel like a lot of people sometimes close themselves off to criticism and they're like, nah, it, it sort of takes on like a conspiratorial mindset of like nah. Right. And that, and it yeah that's true and that that makes sense man it does it really does and it's like for you to be bringing this to light this is it's like people can't ignore it now like people have yeah. to pay attention to it I mean you you went on and you live streamed it and, oh and just so everybody knows right because I know one of the biggest things I saw when I was looking at Twitter when people were saw you doing this they were like can he do that is it illegal is he gonna get in trouble and I'm just like. I don't think there's any rules on 51% of tax. Now, of course, it's unethical, right? You Generally yeah. speaking, if you're doing this and if you were doing it with the intention to double spend and to make money, of course, people would be pissed. People would be like, yeah. what the hell are you doing? But yeah, you did it would, for educational purposes. probably be illegal just because it's like, you know, just straight up fraud yeah yeah pretty much so but the, the way you did it i loved it and i mean and it's unfortunate right because i think you tried to stream you went when you did twitch and you also did stream me and then they shut yeah. you off yeah well like, okay so getting banned from twitch that wasn't really my own doing but getting banned from streamy i think well actually i'm not entirely sure it was maybe my fault so later on i looked and i had this pm from uh like this user community watch which yeah. is like like, I think, like, a site admin or something, they were like, hey, this is all legal, right? And I just didn't see that PM, so I didn't respond. But also, I can't imagine my answering would have helped, though, because, like, if you were doing something illegal, they're not going to be like, oh, well, he said no, so, uh, you know, rock on. Right. Yeah, and that's, uh, and that's true, man. And I hope, and I really hope that... uh you know, it's unfortunate that happened because it is that was that man. That was a huge learning experience for a lot of people, man. There was a lot of people that I know was paying attention to that. Even Jackson Palmer tweeted about that and was yeah, watching that and paying uh, attention to that. Yeah, I actually uh, DM'd with him a bit. Cool guy. We uh, we talked about some projects. We talked about uh, like strategies for figuring out who Satoshi was. He's right. in uh, data science. So we talked a bit about that. Cool guy. I like him. That's pretty awesome. That, that is that is pretty pretty awesome, man. So like with I have and, and so in the future, right? You said right. You you didn't technically finish what you wanted to do when you were yeah, doing a fifty one percent attack. Do you plan on doing it again in the future? Do you plan? Oh on yeah, it? definitely. Uh, this weekend. Well, so some people. Uh, the, so oh, so uh, briefly touched on the issue of like, is it legal? I'm pretty sure it's not, just because I'm not defrauding anyone. But yeah. uh, the law is very nebulous, and so right? Like, uh, especially like the CFAA. And so there's a lot of things that are, you know, potentially illegal that you wouldn't even think of. So like joining like public Wi-Fi or like any number of things. So uh, right. I'm talking with some lawyers just to make sure that like there there actually is nothing illegal. But uh, uh, assuming that that all goes well, then yeah, I plan to do it this weekend. Just uh, I'm still trying to decide if I want to stream it again because that would be cool. It's certainly like a moment, especially because it's like on the blockchain and it's live and everyone can see it. Right. Um, I also might just do it as a YouTube video because. Uh, <laughs> it's sort of a lot associated with doing a live stream. There's right. uh, a lot of distractions. Um, yeah. 
Well, that makes, yeah, part that of sense. those were my own doing, though, when I leaked the IP <laughs> in my server and myself. Oh. Uh, yeah, no, it was sort of like a, a one-two punch of, of self-goals. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, nah, no, nah, man, that was that was actually pretty. No, nah, that that was it was pretty dope, man. I really hope. Um, I mean, whether you live stream it or YouTube, I'm sure everybody would agree, right? It would be awesome to watch you live stream it again. But just mm-hmm. even if you just record it and then you put it up, just in a video format, like on YouTube or something like that. I mean, it's still really awesome. It's still really educational, and I feel like it's a lot of people can learn from it, especially projects, man. Because yeah. now it's like we we basically just watched this happen to Bitcoin Private. They might want to address that in some way, shape, or form, man. You know, they, you know, yeah. like you said, whether it's checkpoints or something that creates a scenario to where that doesn't happen in that way uh, so easy, especially these these coins and these tokens that have the lower hash rates. I yeah. mean, I think that's that's pretty awesome. I mean, and actually, can you touch on that a, a little bit? Just how important do you think it is really to have something like checkpoints or something in place to prevent stuff like this from happening? Yeah. So. Well, so so one one brief comment on what you were just talking about. So I think that that's uh, very true. What you were just saying about the the idea of it being important to the community and for people to see it. Um, I think that it's not necessarily important for developers to see it all that much, but perhaps for some, because I think a lot of developers probably understand that, um, just because like you know they know of it. Gotcha. Um, but I think for users to know it and to sort of pressure the developers because they're like, cause I think that there are really sort of two people two unique groups of people and of course there's overlap so right. it's a generalization but sort of two groups of people who are into it it's like a financial thing and people who are into it for the technology and of course there are people who are into both and people who are into each one to, to varying degrees but i think that a lot of the people who are into it as sort of a financial thing would be more likely to hold these cryptocurrencies that are vulnerable to 51% attacks because a lot of them are just sort of smaller coins that are built on hype and are maybe not, you know, that, that great. Um, and so I think that if people are sort of more aware of it, um, they may be more inclined to be like, hey, I don't know if I want to hold this coin and that may, you know, sort of pressure developers. Um, what was it? What was the other question that you asked? No, yeah. So no, that's that's true, and you you make a really good point. That is true. So yeah, having having people that are in it about the money, right? Of course, if they're they're worried about you know their particular uh, their uh, p- their possible investment getting attacked, uh, yeah, they're definitely probably going to hold the fire to uh, some of the developers' feet and be like, hey, like this is really a concern. What are you going to do? Uh, what's going to you know what's going to happen? And uh, I think about like, all right, at the moment. When you did that live stream, right, and you started basically attacking the Bitcoin private, the yeah. hash power and stuff, what went through your mind? Like when you had that 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 first block go through, what did you think was going to happen? What did you think people's reaction was going to be? What did you think Bitcoin private's reaction was going to be? I don't know. I didn't. Well, sort of. I've been underestimating the reactions of, of people throughout this whole thing. So I just made like a Reddit post. And I was like, oh, maybe like a couple people will see it. You right. Know, like, like. like 10 people watching this stream or something. Um, and then the post sort of blew up. It doesn't let me see how many views it has anymore, but when I last saw it, I had like 75,000 views. And I was like, oh, wow. oh, I really have to do this now and like make this <laughs> up. Um, no, I was like, oh, I was a little upset uh, because I was like, oh, no, I have to actually do this and make it good because a lot of people will see it. Right. Um, and then people started writing articles about it. And then that was sort of the second person that I was like, oh, no, I really have to do this now. <laughs> Um, and so, um, so I went and I got a bunch of coins set up, 
Um, and that took a long time because a lot of these coins don't have great documentation or they don't like have their dependencies working right. And so it takes forever to get some of them working. Right. So, some, of them, some of them, they just compile. But yeah, so um, my initial reaction to that was like, oh, I have to actually do this now. I was sort of surprised that that, that many people cared. And then I started seeing articles about it and I was like, oh, people people really care. Yeah. Um, and so that was sort of my, my thought the whole time. And so, uh, yeah, I don't know. I wasn't really thinking much about what people would think about it as I was doing it because I was just like, oh, I hope I don't mess up because it's sort <laughs> of like, um, do you, do you come from a tech background? Yeah, so I, I was uh, not super techie, but I was basically a software QA analyst for a long time. So I worked yeah. alongside the devs and you know tested on the front end all of the code oh, they yeah, developed on the back you'll, end. You'll know exactly about this. End. Yeah, so it's kind of like a, a tense experience to like watch, like have someone watching over your shoulder while you're programming. Although you you were that person. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. So it's sort of a tense experience, and it was like that. But you have like 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 people writing articles, watching, and you have like that. Uh, you know, like I think it was like seven hundred sixty people at the height of it watching it so i was just like i hope i don't look foolish here um and uh except for when i leak the ip uh, yeah right uh you know everybody makes mistakes it happens <laughs> Oh man, no, I don't. I don't think what you did. I think what you did was, like I said, I think what you did was awesome, man. I, I really think it was something that brought light to something that should have been talked about more in the first place. And like you said, to pull in the people that don't have that technical knowledge and the technical background and get them to understand, like this is a real threat. This is something that can happen. And mm-hmm. for you to actually, like I said, basically create a case out of this, make it live, and to, to actually do this so that people can see, like, no, this is real. This is not a. This is not fake. And you know what's even funny? So I was really researching into this. There was literally somebody that i found on reddit they had posted something about four months back asking about literally the title of it is what's keeping bitcoin private from getting hit yeah, by a 51 yeah. attack so i was you know and they're going through trying to you know trying to get this and um trying to trying to you know get answers to this question everybody's like you know uh you know if there's conflicting views oh no nothing's keeping it it could happen you know oh no no that'll never happen it can never happen yeah. and then you know four months later you know, Nick yeah. happens to come around and voila. So <laughs> Yeah, no, no, I actually saw that then. So I was actually looking it up to make sure that they didn't have any mitigation. So I was just like Googling a bunch of phrases like that. Like, what's keeping them from attacking Bitcoin private? Bitcoin private fifty one percent attack, et cetera. And then I saw that post and I was like <laughs> uh, check it out. I almost felt like commenting in it, but uh I don't know why I didn't. Yeah, no, nah, that man, I, I I thought that was cool, man. So it's like, I, like I said, man, to see that, and then for you to do what you did, um, like I said, I think this it is it's something that needs to be addressed a lot more, and it, it does. It really brings the light because when you have, I mean, obviously, right there is thousands of cryptocurrency projects in existence, right? And yeah. of course, all of this technology is still new. You know, this is still brand new uh, uh, to the world in general. You know, less less than you know, uh, less than 10, 20 years and stuff. And, you know, there's a lot of growth to take place. So that's what I love when individuals like you come through and do things like this, because it, it will catch people's attention. Like I said, I feel like this will really help further the space and really help bring to yeah. the forefront a real threat that could, I mean, essentially make blockchain and cryptocurrency stronger in essence, if people really pay attention to it. And I think the way you did it is literally brilliant because it's like people can't ignore that. You know, somebody's somebody's on Reddit and they're like, yo, hey, what's up? I'm about I'm about to ethically attack a blockchain. Yeah, people are probably gonna pay attention to that. They're gonna be like, wait, what? Like, you yeah, yeah. What? And so, um and that's that's sort of my 
my main goal with this is that people will see this and they'll be like, oh, we should try to come up with our own solution to it. Not necessarily just that they'll uh, use someone else's solution, but of course, like if, if there's not a big dev team or a dev team that just doesn't want to get into that, then then you know just use use something else. Use Komodo. Use any given platform. But I think that, and this is sort of like I suppose you'd call it like the federalist view of, of like America. There's right. sort of people say that like states are labs of democracy. Um, I feel like because there's so many small cryptocurrencies, there's a lot of people that can try different solutions. And so if it doesn't work for one, like like that's that's all right. Like you learn something from that. Well, it's not great for them, but you learn something <laughs> from it. Um, and I think that 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 will lead to like good and innovative solutions if if a lot of different people try a lot of different solutions to the problem. Right. Uh, and I think that that's a very interesting thing. Just sort of those unique solutions that everyone comes up with. Uh, and yeah, so a big part of this was just trying to sort of generate more of those solutions. Yeah. Uh, no, I, I feel like every time you hear about a coin being attacked, they, like the developers will be like, oh, we made our own solution. And I think that that's a great thing. It's like, one, you're making some more blockchain technology that is actually useful. And uh, two, you're making it so that it's safer for there to be other small cryptocurrencies. Right. Yep. I definitely, yeah. Yeah, I definitely agree, man. Improving the space, that's that's what it's all about. Man, you man, how long have you been uh how long have you been developing? How long have you been coding, man? All right. Um, you want to hear the story of how I got into it? Yeah, yeah. How you got into how you got okay. into developing, okay. how you got into blockchain and crypto, and dude, another thing. Do you like I am sitting here looking at you, right? The listeners can't see you. You look young as shit. How old are you, yeah, man? Yeah. <laughs> uh, 18. So here's how the story wow. starts. I was eleven. I was playing Minecraft with my brother. We were doing like PvP on some server. He kept killing me, so I was like, "You will rue the day." So <laughs> I, uh, I found this tool to let you like get the code of Minecraft, but I didn't know Java, so I couldn't do anything with it. So over the next month, I taught myself Java, started making some Minecraft hacks, and then I, I murdered him. Um, <laughs> but also by that point, neither of us were really that into Minecraft anymore. But um, little did I know um, that that would actually be useful. So then. I got just into programming from there, just sort of like, like I don't even know what my, my reason for programming was at that time. I don't even know what I was trying to do, but just like, mostly just for fun, because it's kind of cool. Like, you have, like, something there, and, like, you type it up, and it, it makes the computer do something. Like, that's really right. cool. Like, <laughs> use computers all the time. It's like, I made it do some stuff. Um, like, like, that's cool. Um, and so I just kind of went from there, kept doing it. Thought it was really interesting. Then from there, I got into cybersecurity through uh, CTFs, which are like these hack competitions. Usually, usually they'll be run by like a university or you know any sort of like large company or even small company. Um, so I think uh, it was my dad. He works in tech too, so he he knew of this CTF, Seesaw CTF, um, and he was like, "Hey, you should give that a, a try." I did it, um, and I I mean. Looking back, and it did very poorly, but I was like, well, so who cares? Um, but <laughs> I, I solved like like three challenges, and uh, it felt so cool though because it's like a puzzle, and I solved it, and it took like a, a long old time, but I solved it, and it felt really cool. So I just sort of went from there, um, kept doing CTFs, did CTFs sort of obsessively for a long time until I was like 15 or 16, and then from there, I was like, well, I, why, what? I just got a little bored with CTFs, and I was like, I could also just do like some research reasons that people would, you know, pay me for. Right. Um, so, so I'll just start doing that, and then I started doing that, did some research, uh, spoke at like some conferences, found some vulnerabilities in popular software. Like, uh, like just the other day, I found a vulnerability in Signal that lets you like 
Well, I've doxed myself, although I've sort of done that this whole time. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the vulnerability and signal that let you like crash it remotely. So they, uh, do you know signal? Do I know signal? Not, not, not specifically. No. Okay, so it's like this uh, secure messaging app. I think like Edward Snowden, like he's a big proponent of it. Oh, uh, okay, okay, okay. Opsecky um, messaging app. And so I found this vulnerability in it where every time you send someone a picture, it downscales the image to make a thumbnail. And the issue with that is that it has to load every single pixel into memory. Uh, and they keep you from just sending someone a massive picture by saying, like, you can't send anything bigger than 10 megs. But the issue with that is that, like, every single image library compresses images. Like, JPEGs compress. Everything right. compresses. So, like, if you have, like, 10,000 red pixels in a row, it won't say, like, red pixel, red pixel, red pixel. It'll say, like, 10,000 times red pixel. Um, and so I found that if you just have, like, a 50,000 by 50,000 red image and you send it, it'll only be, like, 300 kilobytes on disk. Once you expand into memory, it's, like, 2 gigs. And then once you try to downscale it, you have to do, like, a bunch of math. So then it's, like, 4 gigs of memory and your phone crashes. Wow. Uh, yeah, that's not good. <laughs> so I just spent a lot of time, like, just messing with tech in ways like that. Just, uh... Finding stuff, um, sort of messing with it. Wow, that's pretty and dope. That's sort of an extension of that. Wow, dude, you're uh, 18 year old. You're you're smart, bro. <laughs> you're definitely smart. Yeah. Uh, shout out to Minecraft for uh, shout out to Minecraft. Shout yeah. Out to <laughs> shout out, shout out to both of them, man, for getting you you into this this crypto or making you want to code and then coming into blockchain yeah, and then yeah. doing something as awesome as this, man. It's I love it. And you, you know, here's a here's a here's a funny thing, right? So I'm not gonna disclose his name, but I actually know somebody who works on the Bitcoin private team. So when I told him that I was interviewing you, he was like, Holy shit, no way. He thinks it's the he thought it was the coolest shit ever. Like he thought it was so cool. He's just like typing the fuck. He's like, yo, ask him this, ask him this, ask him this. <laughs> so it was really cool, man. I mean, like, you know, to, to get that type of attention, man, I, like I said, I, I love that, man. You definitely, you seem like a real cool dude, man. You seem so down to earth, so awesome, so smart, so young, man. That's, I want, yeah, man, I, I want, I want my, I want my son to watch this. <laughs> like seriously, you know, my son, he's nine oh. years old. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, man. So, I mean, you you are, man. I, I love, that's what I said. That's why I do this. That's why I love this podcast, man. It's so refreshing and inspiring to talk to people like you. And you know what's funny, right? Because like I said, I have that QA background, but I've never done the coding part. And just more recently, I've really been kind of like, I feel like something's been pushing me like, eh, learn more about that. Do more about that. You know, I went and got the Mastering Bitcoin book by Andres Antonopoulos. Um, I've been playing with a couple of coding apps on my phone and things like that to kind of kind of pick it up. But when I saw this, it just like completely fueled that that thought in my brain. And, it, you know, just for the purpose of blockchain to learn more about the coding aspect of this, Man, I you know, I really do. I thank you because it really did fuel me up and get me more in that mindset to want to do that, dude. So that's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like anytime that you can like inspire people to just go out there and create something, I feel like that's a, that's a really good thing. Yeah. Um, I guess I guess you don't want to say the name, but I was also talking to some of the uh, Bitcoin private developers and this was like one of bunch of people were like they were real they were like wow it's illegal blah, blah, blah people are gonna get mad and i was like i don't really think so so yeah. i just messaged like four of the bitcoin private devs and i was like hey are we, we all good and they're like yeah i mean like we're not like super super stoked about it but like I'm not gonna stop you like like rock on. some of them were like hell yeah. um that's the so really cool. <laughs> yeah like that was probably like the strongest criticism i got was like well like we're not like stoked about it but 
not going to stop you. Yeah. yeah, they're like, you know what? We're not happy, but well done. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, yeah, man, that, that's, that's, man, that's dope, man. Um, I follow you on Twitter, man. I suggest other people to follow you on Twitter, man. You guys can follow Nick. He's at uh, Geocode51. If I said that right, G-E-O-C-O-L-D-5-1. Twitter. Yeah, and if, you, if anyone sends me a DM, I will try to answer it. Dope. Yo, this is true. He answered my DM, I think, in less than five minutes. I was like, wait, what? I was like, uh, he responded quick. I was like, okay. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, he's he, he's not lying on that. He will absolutely respond to your DM, or he'll, he will try to. I mean, dude, I was, like, looking at your followers. Literally, one day I went on there, and it was like, uh, it's like four or five hundred. Literally, it wasn't even 12 hours that I went on there, and it was like 900. I was like, oh, shit. Yeah, it's an impressive growth. I always wonder where it's coming from, because there will be times when, like, it'll just start spiking. So, like, like I uh, like yesterday was one. It, in, like, like three hours, I gave in, like, two, and I was like, what is happening? There has to be some article that was written about it somewhere, but there's just so many articles written about this that I can't ever find where it came from. And there are so many that, and I can't tell, like, which news sites are big or not, because there's a ton, and this is something I just sort of paint about, like, contemporary blogospheres, is that, like, there's so many sites that will just copy the exact same article verbatim and just post it up. Yep. Um, And so I, I never have any idea if it's just, like, some awful thing that's trying to get a bunch of clicks or someone with a genuine following. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you, yeah, you really can't tell, but I know like I was looking up articles. I, I just literally typed in 51% attack on Bitcoin private and so many articles popped up. The main one was Bitcoin.com. Um, they had one that they posted before you did the attack and they did one afterwards. And uh, from there, I mean, you just see a bunch of different articles going through. And I was like, yo, this is really cool. And that's why I said, when I saw it, I was like, I gotta get this guy on the podcast. Like I was, I was like, I really hope he responds. Like I really got to get this guy on the podcast, man. So again, man, I highly, highly, highly appreciate you coming on the show, talking about this, man. Um, you, man, you are always welcome on the bullpen podcast, without a doubt. Oh, bro. thank you, thank you. Yeah, without a doubt, man. Like I said, man, you were really cool to talk to, man. I'm sure the listeners will get a kick out of this. Um, hearing you, is this the first podcast you've done? Yeah, first one. If anyone else wants to be on their podcast, I'm there. Nice. Super exclusive. First first podcast done by Nick, a.k.a. Geo Gold, the awesome ethical hacker. <laughs> no, nah, man. But uh, again, man, like I said, man, you always welcome on the show, man. If you ever need anything, man, I'm a DM away. I respond to. That's just how I am. I always respond to everything that comes through. Man, seriously, if you ever, ever, ever need anything, man, feel free to reach out, bro. And I look forward to the next live stream, bro. I want to watch it or YouTube video, yeah. however you choose to yeah, do it. Yeah. Either one, either one. We'll find out. Dope. Yeah, well, thank you. Thank you so much for having me on. Of course, man. No, no, no problem. All right, man. You take it easy, all right? All right. Peace. Have a good one. All right. Peace, too. Hey, yo, I wanted to say thank you personally for everybody for tuning in and listening to this super exclusive episode of the Bullpen Podcast. And I really hope you guys enjoy listening to it as much as I enjoy recording it. Man, Nick was a really great guy and he had a lot of good information to offer. So, you know, if you guys are wondering where to get in contact with him or how to basically follow him on Twitter or his Twitch or his streaming, what I did was I created a link for you guys to get all of this information. All you have to do is go to Steam steamit.com forward slash at bullpen podcast that's steamit s-t-e-e-m-i-t dot com forward slash at symbol bullpen podcast go on over and get that information you guys see you on the next episode